Welcome to my shitty podcast, So Shitty It Only Has One T. I'm your host, Adam Copeland. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thank you guys for telling a friend, most importantly. I uh, also want to thank the Austin School of Film. Uh, I want to thank Angela for doing this episode with me, um, taking time out of her busy day to sit down and chat with me. So that was super nice. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you ever thought about getting into film editing, there's some helpful advice here. Uh, I guess that's pretty much it for me. Um, I don't have any shows coming up, so uh, I'll keep you posted when I do. Without further ado, let's let the cat out of the bag. Um, why don't we get started with uh, just you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, and uh, what you do for a living. Ooh, for a living? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is this your, your primary source sure, of income? Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Not a good one, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so I, uh, uh, is the sound okay? I mean, can yeah. I go, or do I you mess want me with, to test a little bit? You're totally fine. Okay. I mess with these buttons all throughout the show so don't, okay. yeah, yeah don't worry if i start messing with these but i'll also tweak this from time to time so you're okay okay so um, i am angela Perez. i'm a film editor i'm a film editor since the 90s 1995 i think when mm -hmm. i just started editing i edit mainly documentaries it wasn't exactly a choice it's just kind of how it developed i mean like it didn't have um let's see uh, one thing are you going to cut or or you do totally Oops. sorry or you do uncut um for i should try to <laughs> should i try to, to talk in like super complete sentences and all no you're totally so fine like, because okay okay okay. this just, is called my shitty podcast so it can be as shitty as you want it okay to be. <laughs> that's good so i can be myself <laughs> yeah this pop mic is not being very helpful so i'm just gonna remove it um okay. Yeah, so okay, let, me, let me start again. It's totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I am Angela Pires. I'm a film editor since 1995, 96. Mm -hmm. um, I edit mainly documentaries. That's not a choice that I made. Yeah. It's just the way that things were happening. I started editing a short film for a friend, and from there you go getting a little bit more of this, more of that, and then suddenly I have a solid resume for documentaries but not for narrative so yeah although i would like to edit some narratives mm -hmm. um i don't see that happening i mean i wouldn't hire myself <laughs> why not to edit. <laughs> yeah, because my resume is weak for <laughs> narratives so. oh yeah okay i got gotcha. <laughs> so i'm not an obvious choice for if someone is looking for a narrative editor okay i understand <laughs> i understand um how did you you said you didn't pick like documentaries um how did you kind of get into it didn't you did you start in brazil is did, is that yes i am from brazil and at the time uh the city where i live they didn't have a film school mm -hmm. i wanted to do work with film but there was no film school and i say okay what can i get closer to that and i thought that advertising would be it's not exactly true but anyway i start <laughs> um advertising school and I started interning in a, in a company, in an advertising agency. Mm -hmm. From the advertising agency, I went to a production company, and I started working as assistant director 
And then what happened actually is that I started dating the director and then things didn't go very well. <laughs> oh, no. Work and relationships. So I had to find another job. What happened? I mean, it's just that it's kind of hard to work with your boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. And he was a control freak also, so. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I need, to, I need to start doing something else. And then at the time, the, the production company was just buying their first Avid. So that's 1995 and 1996. Uh-huh. And I just decided to do the training because I, was, I always like editing. And the person who was supposed to be the editor never showed up at, um, at the training and all. And then I said, you know, Aunt Angela, maybe you should start doing that. So yeah. that's how I started. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. And then after a while, you work with advertising and it's... I. I hate advertising nowadays. <laughs> Why is that? I mean, you work like crazy. Uh-huh. And so no weekends, no nights, no holidays. I mean, you have to be available all the time and everything that went wrong during pre-production, production. And then that just condensed your, you know, the time that you have to work and you have to work these crazy hours. And then of all of that work, what you have a Coca-Cola ad. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's not very rewarding, you know? Like, that's not really... It's it's rewarding money-wise. It can make pretty good money. Sure, yeah. yeah. But then after a while, then I started by chance, as I said, editing a, a short film for a friend. And I really like that. And then I realized if I'm going to be working these crazy hours and all, I want to work in something that... When it's done, I'm proud of that. And if I'm going to be working long hours, I want to be working, doing something that I enjoy. Yeah. And then I went slowly transition to do more and more um, films. And and that's pretty much uh, the career shaped by itself. Yeah. (laughs) By the chance. I didn't plan much, you know. Yeah, that's uh, really good. Uh, God bless you editors, by the way. I'm sure that, (laughs) you know, there's lots of people that want to do film and and get into film and just hit the ground running uh, as far as, you know, making something. But there's not many people that want to sit down and, and, and edit and is well, that when, does it consist of more than just that or um no i mean um if you start also filming a lot and you film it super hot it's super cold and you wait forever in the set and now i love sitting here you know like <laughs> controlled environment air conditioning yeah. i mean it's it's pretty comfortable if you compare with being someone working on the set you know what you're right i never thought about that there's harsh conditions that you and, have to film in often and actually it helps for editors to have some experience working on the set because I think that editors in general are big complainers. I keep watching the footage like, shit, why didn't you ask that? Oh, my God, no, come on, why the camera's here, not there? Yeah. And, and also, you go, 
I know better than to voice that, but sure. it's kind of a process that usually you go, like a little bit complaining, oh my God, where's the room tone? Why there's no room tone? And all this kind of things. Yeah. And then you work in a set, you know why. Because yeah. <laughs> it's easy sitting here in front of the computer to sure. come with all these, all these complaints. I do that sometimes. I'll re-listen to this podcast and I'll go, oh, why didn't I ask? I should have stopped right there and said that would have been a perfect question to ask. Um, so exactly. I can totally understand where you come from as far as <laughs> in the comfort of your own office. Be like, oh, they should have asked this question or they should have said this or, or added this or that. And and I usually I, I, I ask like when people come talk to me and I really like mentoring some um, students, people who are starting editing yeah. or not even editing, who are start kind of trying to figure out what they want to do. And so when they show some interest for editing, I usually what I do like, okay, is it editing your thing? And then I say, like, okay, imagine that you had a party and dinner party, everybody left and you have that sink full of dishes and yeah. uh, pots and pans and all of that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what do you do first? Well, let's see, what do you do when you, when you, oh, when in I, that kind of situation? What do you do? When I've got pots and pans stacked high to the, to the ceiling. Oh, man, I guess I would just, clear the sink first and start washing the dishes, like move everything to the side so that I could have a place to scrub the dishes. Man. Nope. You're lousy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell um, me where I went I wrong. I don't know if you're going to be a nether or if you're going to have to be a house cleaner, but I mean, come on. First, what I do, I first I start, okay, let's put the plates with the plates and you remove yeah. all the food that's there. So you clean that up. There then you go. You put the plates on top of each other. So similar size, you put the pots and pans to the other side, you put the, you know, silverware and then suddenly you look like, ah, okay. Now I, I can do that. Yeah. That's pretty much editing. Really? You get a lot of footage. You have no idea where you're going to start. Yeah. I never worry about knowing where I'm going. So you have a lot of work to do before that. Because I definitely do not believe in that kind of... Filmmakers have sometimes this godlike kind of thinking that you create these amazing things that come <laughs> out of your head. And yeah. I'm a little bit more humble, honestly. <laughs> I think that I have no idea what is going to happen and I'm fine with that. Yeah. So what I start, I start watching the footage, start organizing. I start making some selections, some best moments and like, let's see everything that he talks about making a podcast. Yeah. Okay, everything. Now let's see everything that he talks about, the jokes that he heard about yeah. while you're making the podcast. And when you start grouping those kind of things when you you gain some intimacy with the footage you know what you have you know um how to if you need someone saying this you go to this place and i can find it but also i go like go throwing that like just editing selecting these best moments loosely yeah. saying and sometimes when you watch those best moments together, some kind of thinking that I didn't have, that just by chance, like, wow, how interesting yeah. that if you go from this to this other thing. And so I always say, give a chance a chance. 
so do not try. You really go finding mm -hmm. things. And also because if you go with uh, two, uh, with a mindset like this is what it's going to be, this is what I'm going to do, mm -hmm. you are pretty much closing your eyes for other Upper, uh, possibilities in that footage sure that it's not what you're looking for yeah. so we might just not see that when you're kind of a little bit more open-minded you just watch some things and like wow this is really cool actually <laughs> i haven't thought about that so we start kind of making connections and that makes sense yeah mm -hmm. if you don't have like a, a direct like this is exactly what i want this is exactly what i want it to be it's easier to go into it and say look, this is all my footage. What can we do with this? <laughs> Let's and and also because, um, I mean, I do not, I'm not a director, so I edit for other people. And you you need to have a respect for that producer, that director. Sure. So I'm trying to see the film that they are trying to make. Not, mm -hmm. It's not my film. Uh, I participate. Uh, I fall in love with that. But... There's a hierarchy, and I am here to work for for this project sure. that has been started usually years and years before by the director, producer, or producer slash director, and and sometimes it happens like there are some directors who will come with a script what uh -huh. you're going to edit. Some just okay, here's the footage. Some <laughs> lose thoughts. And for me, either one is fine. Usually, like, when you go, if you, there is a script, I have to edit that, even if I do not like that very much. Sure. At least out of respect for 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 this director. Um, usually, it's not going to work well. It's just how it goes. First cut, never works. So sure. that's fine. Do not freak out. First cut, it's for you to see what does not work and what are the few things that work and right. start reshaping. Um, but when sometimes um, I have heard directors say, I don't even know if I have a film here. And that's not completely true. They do not know that. But when you go watching the footage and you see what the director is asking, what kind of questions uh, he or she are asking, what kind of people they are interviewing, what kind of things they are filming as B-roll, and, and, and you realize that, okay, I know where their mind is, they're trying to do this, they're trying to find that. You know, why did they ask so many times this question? That yeah. means something. Sure. So you kind of, you go find in the script that in certain way the director had in their minds the whole time. Yeah. Just that sometimes it's not so clear for them because they usually do not sit and watch everything <laughs> that they have done. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Is that a common occurrence amongst directors? Like, do you, are you like look, you asked this question eight times throughout this film. Like, I'm pretty sure you're passionate about uh, this one. Usually, I, it's kind of, I'm pretty lucky that the, usually the directors trust me quite a lot. So mm -hmm. the first, if it is a feature-land documentary, usually the first three months is just watching and organizing footage. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, like, that's an incredible amount of trust because they kept paying me without seeing anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I do. There's one thing that I like to do. It helps me. And I tell them, if you want me to not do that, just let me know. But I like uh, sometimes uh, because 
when you start watching the footage, you start falling in love with some people, hating other people. Sure, yeah. And having all these ideas is it's, it's amazing. It's great. My husband hated it because I just talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But it's really, it's super exciting. And I always go taking notes. And a lot of times I keep emailing the director. Oh, my God, I love this guy. He just said that. That's fantastic. Or So I go like since so the director knows where my mind is kind of going yeah and so that sometimes you can have some brainstorming or something sure. like that but um usually the first cut's not going to come before like three four months oh really and then you look and it looks horrible <laughs> <laughs> it will look bad it will look bad that that I did not freak out that's a good thing about it, learning like in the beginning of course that i did freak out like oh my god i'm a failure yeah, yeah. It's just part of the process that, you know, you get there, but it's not going to be on the first try. Sure. sure so yeah. the first cut is really good to organize your mind. The things that you are thinking that would work and see it doesn't work. Some things you see these might work if well done, but it's not well done now. And, and then you go, you go figuring out like the people who might end up being the main characters, characters or the people who are... Like, um, this seem to be a good character. What they say is good, but the way that they deliver, it's boring. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, and there's all this, all this kind of thing. So it's after the first cut um, that we start to reorganize. And then at that time, I can work way faster because I have things organized. Mm -hmm. um, if I, There's a lot of moving pieces around sure and so the next cuts come faster and faster and then usually uh, I go like I get input from the director I work on something else here we have another cut and and here it goes so I I need feedback. I could never absolutely yeah. I could never like get to the end result on my own. Yeah, yeah, you need, uh, you absolutely have to, how often do you have to check in with the director uh, or producer and say, you know, all right, I've got my, I got my plates over here and my spoons over here, my, my dishes are all in order, now what? Uh, um, usually start editing, so, so usually I do all the cleaning and, and I work towards the first cut. Then is when it becomes more serious, the involvement with the director. Um, I mean, uh, you are talking all the time. It's You're talking with the director, exchanging ideas. I can only imagine, uh, yeah. It, it is. And, and so it's that's another thing. You have to... You have to have a good relationship with the director, not necessarily that you have to know the person beforehand. Sure. Um, but if the relationship is not going well, it's not going well for the film. Right. So um, I had one situation in my whole life that uh, I wasn't working well with the director. Yeah, and tell me about that. <laughs> well, I was editing um, a fundraising trailer and it was the first time director, which presents some very specific challenges. Okay. But, um, of course, he was nervous uh, by being uh, his first film. And he had 
quit his job. He was putting a lot of effort in making that film. So it was something very, very serious for him. And we started editing, but he was a little bit of a micromanager. Like, I think that here you go, um, you have that footage, then they hit the ball, then the music starts, and then the music goes up. And then, you, <laughs> and then it's like... Man, if you want someone to press buttons, you're paying me a little bit too much. I yeah. mean, like, let me do... Because if the direct tells me to do something, I have to do that. Sure. Out of respect. Absolutely, yeah. So give me a little bit of space so I can come with something that maybe you haven't thought. So I, I listen to you and I try to figure out how to get where you want. Mm -hmm. When it becomes too micromanagement, um, I do not have... I have to do what... What the, what the director is asking, and I'm not offering that much of my input. Sure. Um, but this case, it, it was, uh, I, I had learned already that the worst thing that I can do is say that I want to do when I do not want to do. And so I talked to him, and actually we, we became friends, and I helped him, like, trying to find another editor to edit the film, you know. And also because the style that he was wanting for the film is not usually my style. It was a yeah. little bit more pop culture kind of thing. I'm not really good for that. So uh, so I saw, I mean, I, I'm not to be happy working on this. He's not going to be happy with sure. me working on that. He actually never invited me to edit the film, but it's just that, you see, it's it wouldn't be good for for anyone involved and for sure it wouldn't be good for the film sure so, so you have to be honest you have to you have to say like you you want to do that or you don't and so it's better for all the sides it's better for me and it's better for the director and for sure it's, it's better for the for the end product so it is a it is a very very close relationship that you have so usually become really good friends with the directors what is awesome i yeah. mean it's great and you have all these uh, conversations that are super interesting so it like brainstorming is it's it's great yeah most definitely um, so i feel uh, i mean i couldn't do what i have to do if it wasn't for um the criticism that can call that way from uh the input that i got from mm -hmm. the director i can go and edit without having a script fine i have no problem doing that but then I need you to tell me what do you think that's working and what do you think that it's not. And that sparks, okay, yeah. I, I think that I know how to get there. And then you keep going and you keep going. And also because sometimes the director is going to tell you that, hey, I think that you should to try doing this, this, and this. I'm like, not going to work it's not going to work <laughs> you know I mean, this already not, yeah i you... know that's going, not going to work <laughs> but then the director tells you that you have to do that and you know what a lot of times they are right oh really i knew that it wouldn't work but you know what i was wrong it yeah. did work yeah so it's um you have to be humble i mean the director has been working this for a long time yeah. you have to respect that yes. you have to respect and you you are editing for the director so you have to respect that person and you cannot be too cocky to think that you know it all Fil i mean film editors are know it all usually yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then at a certain point you know that about yourself sure and you know that that's bullshit you know like <laughs> yeah. you do not know it all so sometimes you 
So it's it's important for you to have that in mind, to know that, because when I try to do something that the director wants me to do and that I think that it doesn't work, I have to find within me a good reason to think that this actually might work. Yeah. Because I cannot give my best if I'm doing something that I do not believe that I can do or that can be good. Absolutely. So you have to really believe that that will happen and then you go for it. Yeah, yeah, most <laughs> definitely. Do you watch films completely different than uh, <laughs> a normal person would that doesn't edit films? Do you feel, well, I, I can only speak to this like in stand-up, um, whenever I watch like stand-up comedy um, I don't enjoy it as much as I did before I did it. Uh, so now like I'm, I'm seeing how this person wrote this joke and I'm appreciating it on this whole different level. <laughs> do you, <clears throat> excuse me, do you, um, view films that way now? Like if you just go see a film leisurely or do you even go see films leisurely now? <laughs> Cause you're always, Oh no, no, I do. And for me, um, for me, seeing films is fun. I mean, it's one Good. of the favorite, my favorite things. Since I have a daughter, it became a little bit harder. Yeah. But that's great. I love kids' movies. So that's fine. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I still see as films for me, I see it for fun. Um, when, the, when I like the film, I do not look at all these kind of things. When I do not like the film, I have enough time during the film to find <laughs> to all the things that I hate about that <laughs> shitty movie. Like the thing was the, the post. I mean, like, I do not like Spielberg to start with. Sure, yeah. But I mean, like, for me, it was so, so bad <laughs> that if I was by myself, I probably, probably would have left the, the movie. I was even, I was at Alamo, I was thinking maybe I should order a dessert so there would be something good going on yeah while i'm watching this <laughs> yeah um, that's good but then then i usually when so we finish watching the movie and the film and i start talking to my friends and yeah usually i saw more things yeah than they saw in a kind of elaborate way that i can elaborate a little bit better but if it is a film that i like I mean, I'm not paying attention to like, oh, the framing is really good. Oh, the soundtrack is fantastic. Have you, you seen how? Yeah. I can even see that, but I do not care. I'm just like. You just get lost living in Living those two hours and experience that and loving that. That's so, great. Uh, but if I do not like, I'm going to usually voice my dislike <laughs> in a more organized way than someone who does not work with films. Sure, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe would. Yeah. And, and then during film festivals, for me, it's a little bit different. Film, uh, in my regular life, I prefer watching narratives mm -hmm. uh, more than I like watching documentaries in general. Really? Really. Yeah. Um, I, I love editing documentaries. It's fun because, because you go finding the story. Yeah. And you do not have to work trying to make the audience believe that those people are real because they are real and they yeah. know that. So if you're working with narrative, you have to convince people that that actor is actually a character and not an actor playing a character, right? Yeah. So when editing documentaries, you are just like, okay, that you have already for granted. I do not have to convince anyone that this is real because this is real. Right. Um, so I usually, but I I love narrative films. I usually prefer watching narrative films better than I like watching documentary films. 
But when I go to film festivals, I usually try to see documentaries because a bad documentary, at least usually you learn sure. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not as contrived as seen. A lot of bad actors uh, delivering lines that were poorly edited. Yeah. With some, it's really like it's a really bad narrative film. You usually do not get much out of that. Yeah. While you see a documentary, usually there's something that they can get out of that. Yeah, most definitely. Know? I think that's how I view yeah. documentaries myself is <laughs> like, at least I'll take something away from this at the very least, you know, um, where a narrative, you can also take something away from that yeah. sometimes, but you know, it's not always guaranteed. <laughs> uh, that's great. Do you, um, I'm just going to ask you some just random questions too sure. also that aren't, uh, that aren't related or maybe they are. Um, what were, what was, have you ever been inspired by someone else um, by words of advice that they have given you? And if so, what were those words of advice? Um, uh, the first director that I work with that actually happens to be my best friend in Brazil. She's a fantastic filmmaker. And I remember I started editing and things were going well. And and I said, oh my God, I didn't have any formal uh, education in editing. And we have ha uh, she had hired a consultant to offer some advice on this film, the very first short film that I was editing. And I saw how could how he could elaborate his thoughts and bring some reference from other films and all. And I was like, oh my God, I need to educate myself better. And said, don't, don't. It's good that you are fresh, that yeah. you do not try to fit stuff into mode. So she said, of course, that that was great. I mean, for my lazy side. Sure. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> I'll just let it happen. <laughs> but but then one time I was I was going to because I direct some documentaries, not a lot, but I did. And one and she gave me an advice that she said, "Do not jump to talk after someone answers a question. Let the question linger, because a lot of times the best answer." comes after they actually answer what they think that they should have answered. Yeah. So there's that discomfort. For you, it's more difficult because if there's n <laughs> I mean, nothing happening and you do not have a video, like, yeah. mean, that's more. <clears throat> but um, anyway, when you, when, you are, when you are interviewing, uh, let them say what they want to say and just... Keep looking at them. Yeah, just let and them take their time. Do you feel um, required to add something to that? And sometimes that add-on is more interesting. Yeah, that's very than, true, yeah. Than, than you actually had in mind. Um, and that doesn't mean that influence my editing. In certain point, yes, because it's almost a little bit about pace, about trying the the real person, mm -hmm. uh, not the person that they are trying to portray who they are. Uh -huh. uh, so sometimes the sometimes the beauty in a film and what makes you actually get engaged with the subject, with the people in the film, are the details. 
Arnate the big theory or not? Is the small joke? Is the small yeah. when you go that kind of small things that you can understand that person's personality, um, and so it's it's a be about to be a little bit more observational, and let it flow. Try to try to get the person for who they actually are, and not necessarily necessarily how they are trying to portray themselves. So sure. answering what they think that you want to hear. Yeah, you know? yeah, most definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> but besides of that, I mean, like I have a lot of films that I like. Uh, Bicycle Teeth is a narrative film, but with a lot of actually, in certain way, like non-trained actors. Um, and the timing and all, and that I remember that was the first thing. In the, the first, I never had like, what is your favorite film? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I have lots of films, but I remember one time rewatching Bicycle Teeth, and and I I thought this is the film that I would like to have made. Yeah. And so I said, okay, I think that I can say that that's my that's my favorite film. But I mean, I have tons of them. Sure. Um. So yeah, I learned a little bit about his style and all by watching films. But I think that what has inspired me the most has been Calvin and Hobbes. Really? It's, it's fantastic timing. It's fantastic timing. And I and editing is about timing. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, so it's like it's the silence before the, that line or uh -huh. the silence right after that line <laughs> yeah that makes kind of the whole difference so um, i yeah. think that i think that um you can learn a lot about films by reading uh-huh um sometimes more than watching films you know like the, yeah yeah uh, um do you have any advice for anyone that's maybe wants to get into film editing yeah um, go to engineering school <laughs> <laughs> I don't advise anyone to go into film school, honestly. Really? I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's it's hard. It's yeah. Uh, it's I struggle still to make a living out of that. It's not easy. Yeah, you it's, have to really uh, be passionate about it. Uh, I mean, passionate. It can be passionate. You need someone to pay you to be passionate about <laughs> yeah. something. That's where the problem is. Yeah. yeah, I get my passion from getting paid from doing something. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, Austin, Austin is like the mecca of filmmaking and all. Uh, yes, but the money is not... I mean, it doesn't flow that great. There's a sure. lot of... There's tons of people who are working um, in films, but they're paying the bills mainly mainly by doing corporate videos or yeah. advertising or things like that. So, um, and, and I mean, some people do extremely well. I mean, it's not, but uh, like uh, usually more with advertising, corporate videos, and, and then there will be some film, film, uh, few filmmakers that will be making money with films, but it's, yeah. it, it's not easy. So... Uh, it's a struggle. I mean, really, my daughter, my daughter said, I want to do what my mom does. I said, no, sit down. You don't want to do that. Don't do that. Okay, that being said, if you really, really want to do films, I mean, um, go for it. Um, do not, I would say, let things flow a little bit. I mean, you have a plan. That's good. But yeah. I think that almost everybody goes into film school wanting to be a director or a producer. Yeah, I think that's probably and, pretty common. And then probably you go learning some other things and you see that maybe actually you'd like to do something else. So I would say go 
go go experimenting, go doing, find the people that you want to work with. Uh, yeah. I mean, have fun. And it's all about having fun. I mean, uh, the other day I was talking about networking. It's very important. Networking, it's very important. It, you need to meet people that you like. Yes. And then you want to work with them. They want to work with you. The worst kind of networking is when you see the people who are networking in networking mode. Yeah. That's, that's so annoying. Isn't that I mean, annoying? Like, I don't want to hear from them. I mean, like, at least have a friend who has worked with you and they say how great you are, but do yeah. not tell me how great you are, please. Yeah. Uh, so I think the other way for networking, it's good. Go go see movies. Go contribute with some people who are asking for feedback. Yeah. Um, but go meet people, nice people that you want to work with. And, uh, and then... And then we work with them. We do not work with people that you do not like. Yeah, the best way to do it, just submerge yourself into film in, in total. Like and the and whole, I do not know thing. if people should go for to film school. I never went to film school. But I can see the value of finding your group of people in trying some things yeah. and yeah you get some education and some of that's going to be good some is not but i don't know if you're going to spend forty thousand dollars to um, to go to film school you might consider using that money i don't know to make some films and yeah hire some friends and <laughs> yeah. maybe you learn I, I, i'm not sure i'm not sure yeah um and i'm from brazil and uh, i'm a little bit critical of how it seems the u.s uh, this push that everybody has to go to college. Oh, I support that as well. Um, I'm I'm not from Brazil, and I feel like <laughs> I never went to college because I thought that you know everybody uh, was like, well, you're done with high school now. You should go to you should you know go get your basics, and then after that, kind of figure. I was like, I don't even know what I want to do right now, but I'm really glad at this point. You know, talk to me whenever I'm you know and old and gray and maybe I'll change my <laughs> change my uh, change my uh, tone but right now I'm really happy that some of my peers are just covered up in debt right now because they just went to school because they were told to and they didn't really know what they wanted to do yet so now they're just in the sea of debt um and when I, when I tables with me <laughs> when I finished high school I said that I would never ever study anymore and then I spent a whole year just partying and doing yeah. some odd jobs to uh -huh. pay, pay for my party and but you know what less than one year into that I was like okay I'm done yeah sure I'm done and then I was like okay, now I want to go to school Oh, you did. And then I went to uh, I went to um, to college for advertising. And, but it, it's it's also hard because I was in a totally different mindset of the people there because the majority of people there were coming out of college and doing that because they had to go to college. I mean, sure. sorry, coming out of high school. And I'm like, okay, that's the natural thing. You finish high school and you go to you college. You go right in, yeah. And I didn't feel that way. I'm here because I want to do this. Yeah, um, yeah. So there was a little bit of a disconnect with some other people. Yeah, and I guess um, I should clarify. If you have a clear, like, okay, I want to be a lawyer, definitely go to school to be a lawyer. You shouldn't just skip over that step. Yeah. So yeah, it's good that you took a year off and kind of refocused, realigned. and. But And I would give uh, special advice for women in film school. Okay. Because I think that I, I wish like there was more mentoring to women in film school. Film is pretty much like it, it is a little bit of 
Marlboro land, you know, like it is a it's still a kind of guy stuff a lot. Yeah. Um uh, and it's... what I have heard from a lot of um a lot of women in film school is that they want to direct some of the things that mm -hmm. they want, but there's usually a guy who come, who really wants to do that. And I'm like, uh, oh, okay, whatever. Okay, I'm not really I don't even know if I'm really good a director. And the guy's like, okay, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Well, guys, those guys are not good either. Because no one is good in yeah. school. Yeah. Everybody's learning. And I think that there's a tendency more for, for I think that women might be a little bit more self-conscious about their limitations yeah. than the guys are. And then they say, sure, go ahead and do it. And so they, they finish film school without ever directing yeah and then they go deciding to become producers or editors or which there's nothing wrong but the last the last um, girl woman who came and talked to me and she said that she was wanting to be an editor and before talking about that they said like why do you want to be an editor and tell me don't you really want to be a director yeah because I think that sometimes women kind of like, okay, let the guy do the, you know, be the guy and sure. direct, you know. And I would tell, ladies, you're paying for that college. You do that. Go yeah. ahead and direct. Go yes, and, yep. and, and step up to do that. Uh, but, I mean, really, I, I do not have much advice for kids in school because, I mean, I don't even have that experience. I mean, and I quit my, um, uh, I'm a college dropout, so yeah. um, I never, uh, I, in some way, I do not regret, but yeah. had I had a, um, a degree, I could think about start teaching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to teach. Uh, so you have to so sometimes a good reason for you to go to school is that one day you can actually teach and make money out of that. <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of, it, it, doesn't, it seems to be a kind of, uh, it's kind of a sick system. Sure. But, um, but I do not know. For sure, having, having a degree is going to increase your possibilities yeah it doesn't mean that's going to be easy or anything but pretty much anything that you're going to do now it's going to require a college degree for so, sure so i don't know like my daughter i want her to go to college yes whatever it is yeah um, yeah most so, definitely um but yeah no so but i would say i mean like engineering um medical school um law school might be a whole better option <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> oh very funny <laughs> well fantastic uh we're kind of at the point in the show where if you have any questions for me or if you want to give like a public service announcement of like man i wish more people knew about this or if i would have known this before i got into um, my profession, maybe I would have been better off. Um, and then if not, we'll just keep on rolling on. But if there's any advice that you want to give anyone out yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know. Do people ask you about, like, how did you end up doing this? My podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it came, this, the idea for the show came from, I was bartending. And bartenders usually have something that went wrong or, like, they want to, to vent and uh, um, tell you about like, oh man, this guy came up and it took him 
10 minutes to get his card out of his wallet and there was a line backing up behind him and he was completely oblivious to the people around him and he keeps apologizing to me and I turn around and I tell him, apologize to these people, don't apologize. You know, there's always some kind of story that bartenders have. So I started uh, this podcast um, to kind of voice that, but I started running out of bartenders and then I realized I was shooting myself in the foot of just (laughs) doing service industry or just doing bartenders. Um, So it evolved into just like a variety show of just, let's just interview anybody that has an interesting job. Uh, So that's kind of how I got my start. But (laughs) what is the most odd job that you had interview anyone? Oh man, I tried to get a stripper uh, Mm -hmm. and I interviewed, I went to her house because uh, she was like, yeah, then, you know, this day's good. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Um, and she started sending me a couple of texts, and she, she said, uh, I'm so hungover, I don't know if I can do this. And I was like, okay, you know, it's all right, no problem. We can reschedule if you need to. And then like 10 minutes later, she was like, okay, it's on. Let's, let's do this. I, I'm going to do it. And by the time I got there, she was just hammer drunk. She was like, oh, I got a little hair of the dog. I had to get back. At... And she wouldn't stay focused and couldn't answer any questions and was falling off like the, the porch and she got up during the interview to like chase a cat in the yard <laughs> and i had to just throw away the, throw so away the, you, you never i that. never used it no it was unlistenable i tried to go back in and kind of like salvage whatever i could from it but it was all over the place. She wouldn't answer any questions or anything. <laughs> okay. How does film editors, um, it, oh, in what scale are them in the odd jobs? <laughs> oh, like on the spectrum from like yeah, odd, like crazy. Yeah. It's not terribly odd. I just think that it's kind of interesting that like a lot of people see film and they don't even think about editing uh, or podcasts for that matter. It, it basically any kind of style of entertainment, even stand up require some editing so you go up there and you'll try a couple jokes and then kind of okay that didn't work so I got to go back and rewrite that this way and see if it works out that way so I just think it's a as far as film editing goes I think it's just a a job that people don't think about often you know you you know that once I told some actors we um I was with the director and talking um in for a group of actors and I was saying like your best friends are the director of photography and the editors. Yes. Because a bad delivery line can be made much better Most on definitely. the editing. Yes. I mean, like, you do not want to linger on that, right? Use the end of the line as kind of voiceover into already something else that's going to happen. So you're already changing your mind <laughs> to something else. You yeah. do not stay on that. And I mean, because everything is about timing. And so I can only imagine that a stand-up comedy, it is all about timing. Oh, 100%. Right? So yeah. you probably, if you have a good understanding of that, you already have a pretty good understanding of editing. Actually. Yes, yes, so, most definitely. It, it is about timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's all okay. smoke and mirrors, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I had like something quirky or funny or something to no, be on the but it doesn't have to be. I don't know. So I didn't tell you this, but we end every podcast with a poop story. Um, it doesn't have to be your own, and that's yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of like the fun, quirky way to end the the show. Because uh, a lot of people, I had a I interviewed a nurse one time, and we got into death and started talking about 
it got really heavy and she's like oh i wish we had a light-hearted way to end the story i said don't worry we always do it we always end with a poop story it doesn't have to be your own and then of course being a nurse she was like oh i've got tons of poop stories oh, you know? really? oh yeah my God. so um, do you tell me a poop joke or do i have to tell a poop story yeah i was gonna ask you if you had one like maybe i know you got a kiddo so that's gosh are... i mean yeah poop is her middle name <laughs> yeah, i don't like right. kids i mean they just people actually... don't think about that though when they think about kids but you've they basically depend on you they don't well, I mean, uh, w- would that count when they adopt a, a bulldog who was urinary and fecal incontinent? Oh, oh fuck. Um, oh, no. It was a bulldog? <laughs> it was an adorable bulldog. That of <laughs> course, it had already the problem of work because they sell those dogs for a lot of money. Yes. And I saw that dog and it was adorable, a puppy. Oh, so and cute. And I understood that it was incontinent, but I thought you know, urinary incontinent. And I thought, ah, oh, maybe I can deal with that. It just that it was too adorable. He's so cute. Him. Yeah, I can. <laughs> well, when I got home, he had already poop all over the car oh, and no. on my clothes and all. And, and I was just like, and the people like from Austin Pets Alive, they were fantastic. And, Great. And so after I said, like, I don't think that I can do that. I yeah. mean, like, if it is something temporary, that's fine. Yeah. I can do that. But I don't see myself for the next 10 years l- <laughs> cleaning a dog's butt. Yeah. And then they said, there's not a problem at all because this, this pup is so highly adoptable. Yeah. And I was like... This dog with urinary and fecal incontinence is so highly adoptable. So <laughs> that's fine. That's yeah. fine. So there's people out there for everything. And that's I mean, great. really, I mean, <laughs> uh, the, the puppy was adopted the next day. Yeah, it worked and for you. He was, was so cute. You were like, I'll do it anyways. It like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I was literally not up to that shit. Um, oh, that's but, great. Okay, yeah, no, I do not have a, no, a, a, hey, really, that counts. a, a poop joke. Yeah, okay. no, that, that totally counts. counts. That, okay. the, the bulldog counts. <laughs> that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Angela. Okay. This, this was thank a lot you. of fun. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. <laughs>